Welcome back. Midday show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gilly. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. It is the Hot Stove Summit. As we talk all things Phillies offseason, the high hopes, guys. Jack Fritz, James Seltzer will join us in studio coming up in just about 15 minutes. Right now, though, we go out to the guest line, one of the best insiders in baseball, Buster only of ESPN. Hey, Buster. Hey, Buster. How are you today? Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're doing pretty good, Buster, down here trying to figure out what we're going to do with Aaron Nola. What are you hearing about Aaron Nola and where he could potentially land? Uh, I, I do think that uh, in this case, the, the, the potential threat from the Atlanta Braves is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one, uh, I, the Braves are in a unique position because they are going to in- increase their payroll. They have a clear need for a starting pitcher. Max Fried, who's their ace, is a free agent after next year. Uh, I don't think they're going to be willing to give him the, you know, the monster contract that he's going to be in a position to get. That leaves, you know, only a couple starters, Strider and Elder, after 2024. And so I think they're going to spend big on a starting pitcher. Aaron Nolan knows uh, Rick Kranitz, of course, their pitching coach. Um, and the Braves, because of the fact that they signed, invested all that money in young players, in recent years and got these team-friendly contracts, they're in a position to be aggressive in bidding. And, look, we saw the, you know, the Phillies and NOLA have conversations last spring. They apparently didn't get close to a deal. They would like to bring him back. But, I, I, you know, if I'm just guessing now, I think Aaron NOLA winds up landing someplace else, and I do think the Braves uh, make a lot of sense for him. Buster, last week uh, some reporting that Nick Castellanos could be on the trade block. You reported that he is not, that they aren't interested in trading Castellanos. What are you, what are you hearing on Castellanos? And, and it's just interesting. His first couple years here, it was not good his first year. He bounced back last year. He is part of the culture now, but he's obviously yep. an imperfect player with you know, three years left on his deal. What are you hearing on Castellanos? Yeah, so when I after that initial report came out that they were out there floating his name in the marketplace, which teams you know, will do at the general manager meetings, I called a source within the Phillies organization, and the person's response was, I'm glad somebody called. No, this is not true. Uh, it was as close, uh, as close to a flat denial as you're going to get. And everything that this person laid out was exactly what you just said. He's an important part of the culture. He's an important part of the run production. Yeah, he, he did not perform well uh, you know, before they were eliminated in that last series against Arizona. But generally speaking, he's a really good offensive player. He, you know, in front offices now, they, they like to put numbers on everything. And uh, while he's an expensive outfielder, he also produced pretty well last season. He certainly has gotten much better defensively. And that seems to be a focus for the Phillies as they make these decisions with, you know, Bryce Harper going to first base and, you know, getting Kyle Schwarber out of the outfield. I think they're very comfortable, and they plan on having Castellanos on the team next year. So, so Buster, my question to you is this. Okay, if we, if we allow Aaron Nola to leave, and I'm looking at this list of free agent pitchers, it's not a, a list of a bunch of names that I, I recognize. Who do you think would be a, a comparable or even better pitcher than Nola to replace, replace him if he goes to uh, Atlanta? Boy, you know, and a lot of that depends on their internal evaluations. Uh, you know, on different guys. First off, I'll give you one. And we know Dave Dombrowski is in win-now mode. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have made it clear to the industry they're very willing to talk about Tyler Glass now, who is one of the most dominant starting pitchers when he, uh, you know, is, when he's not injured. And he's come back from Tommy John surgery. He should be a full go uh, going into spring training in 2024. Mm-hmm. He would be an outstanding addition because he would – 
you know, he and Zach Wheeler going one-two in that rotation, Ranger Suarez behind them, that would be pretty daunting. That would be a great group, uh, I think. Uh, you know, Blake Snell, of course, is is going to be out in the free agent market. He's probably the you know the the uh, veteran who's going to get the most money. Uh, but I I kind of wonder if the Phillies want to, would want to go that far, knowing that after next season they're going to have to deal with Zach Wheeler uh, in trying to retain him. So. Um, you know, there are a number of one-year guys. I think Lucas Giolito is an interesting one. He had kind of a down year last year, gave up a lot of home runs, bounced from team to team, but a lot of front offices feel like that he's got the power stuff that if you bring him in with an idea of how to fix him, how to make him better, maybe that is potentially a fit. Uh, but there are – look, if you're in the Phillies position and you do wind up having to replace Nolan the rotation, the good thing is in this particular market – there are not that many hitters available, but there's a ton of starting pitching available, so they'll have some choices. And as I say, we know John Middleton, Dave Dombrowski, they're going to do what it takes to try to you know, have a rotation going in next year and try to win. Yeah, that Glasnow idea and the way you framed Dombrowski reminds me when he had Scherzer and, and Verlander together. A lot of strikeout stuff to put at the front of rotation. Buster only joining us here from ESPN as we talk hot stove in our Philly Summit today. Buster, you said last week you, you really believe Juan Soto will be traded before opening day. I have to imagine every team, Buster, would, would try to get Juan Soto. He's only got one year left, but he's incredible. I mean, our audience knows I try to trade for Juan Soto once a year here in Philadelphia, so I would love him. What, what do you think What do you think the market is? Where could he end up? And, and hopefully tell me it's not with a Phillies rival here because that guy's an amazing offensive player. Well, and I should put the proper qualifiers on this. A.J. Preller, their general manager, said we're not looking to trade him. Scott Boris's agent has said that the Padres have told me they're not trading him. But here's the reality, you know, that the Padres uh, spent so aggressively in recent years, uh, and the story came out that they're looking to cut their payroll by almost $100 million. Well, you're not trading Manny Machado, who's got a full no-trade clause, or Xander Bogarts, or Hugh Darvish, or Joe Musgrove. Those guys are all locked into long-term deals. The math, in the end, I think is going to force the Padres to trade him. Uh, and, guys, it's not going to be nearly as expensive as you think. It's going to be a lot closer to, for example, what the, the Red Sox uh, got in return for Mookie Betts, you know, because he's only one year from free agency, and everybody knows he's represented by Scott Boris, and he's going to get a deal, you know, of about $400 million because he's an elite offensive player. Uh, my one concern about the Phillies for Soto would be what happened when we saw him get traded from the Nationals to the Padres. It took him some time to adjust, which is okay, uh, but he was not comfortable right away. Like, the pressure on him clearly manifests. He didn't have a great first two months. He got off to a slow start in 2023. So that would be a factor if you're a Northeast team, if you're the Red Sox, if you're the Yankees, if you're the Phillies. I, I think you'd wonder about, you know, how would he handle it if he gets booed like crazy, if he gets off to a slow start. Um, I don't know. You know, I think on paper, absolutely fit any team. You'd love to have Juan Soto. I'm sure Bryce Harper would, would help with his comfort level. One team to watch in that situation, I think, is the Texas Rangers because they are in absolute win-now mode. Their owner, uh, Ray Davis, is over 80 years old. He's looking to win a championship. Juan Soto dropped in with Evan Carter and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Wow. <laughs> and they have a loaded farm system. That's a team to watch for me if they don't sign Shohei Otani. You know, Buster, this is a two-part question because you said something that, that kind of intrigued me a little bit when you talked about having a rough season. My first question is, 
Do you think Trey Turner is going to have a bounce back year? Because I have somebody that I know real close to me that really wanted to get rid of him during the course of the year. And Juan Soto, is there is there any truth to the rumors that he's a kind of a bad locker room guy? I don't think he's a bad locker room guy. Uh, I think he's a young player. You know, early in the year, there was conversation in that clubhouse about where he, you know, preferred to hit in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, Scott's his agent. He's going to back him. He was having conversations with the Padres, letting him know, hey, my guy wants to bat third. Well, you know, among the group of veteran players there, you know, Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, uh, you know, to have the youngest player sort of stating forcefully he wants to bat third, that didn't necessarily sit very well with some of the other guys. But I don't – I think Juan is actually a great guy. And I think he just – you know, I mean, you know clubhouses, locker rooms better than I do. And, and I think this is a case where over time I think you'll feel like, you know what, I, I maybe didn't handle that the best and, and I would handle that going forward. Trey Turner, I think – what you saw in August and September after he went through that adjustment period that I talked about that, you know, I mean, Juan Soto went through in San Diego, he's good to go. I think he's going to have a monster year next year. Well, that's good news, Buster, because after two months, I was losing my mind. Like, we got this guy for all these years. Losing his entire <laughs> I was, mind. I lost my mind, Buster. I'm glad to hear you think he's going to bounce back. All right, Buster, let's end with this. We know you always like to put the uh, the family farm designations oh on things. So it, so I'll just put the frame it this way for you. If you had to put the family farm on the Phillies doing any particular thing this offseason, whether it be trading for a big bat, signing a big closer, landing a, a, a big-time pitcher to replace, all that, where would you go? If you think, and we know Dombrowski and the Phillies always seem to do one big thing at least each offseason. If the Phillies do one big thing, and I said, Buster, you had to put the family farm on it, where would you go? Starting pitching. I bet the family farm they're going to go out and be aggressive on a starting pitcher. I can't. I don't know who that is. I think Tyler Glass now makes so much sense for them. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, when Dave was running the, the Tigers, he went out, traded for Max Scherzer. Uh, maybe the guy in a comparable situation was David Price mm. when he made the move for him to, to round out that great uh, rotation they had in Detroit. I think Tyler uh, mixed in with Zach. Man, one and two. And if you got, I don't know if you guys know Tyler Glass now. He is one of the great guys in baseball, and he's so much fun. Uh, we once did a story on him or did an interview with him on ESPN, and, and I asked him, I said, hey, you have any tattoos no one knows about? And he, <laughs> he talked about two. One is on the inside of his lower lip, uh, and one is at the bottom of his foot, and he had them put on because he lost bets. And he's laughing at himself as he tells that story. You guys, if he went to the Phillies, you would have so much fun with him. Great dude. Well, we have an afternoon host who has Nick Foles tattooed on his back. So I think this guy would fit in quite well here in Philadelphia. (laughs) Buster, really appreciate hopping on. Uh, We'll be following, reading, of course, listening. Thank you, Buster. All right. Great to talk with you guys. There he goes. Buster only of ESPN. Giving us some uh, interesting information there. The Soto thing. I mean, he's. It seems like he's not reporting, but almost leading us to Nolan. The Braves is a very real possibility. That that feels real, and he twice mentioned the name Tyler Glass. Now that twice he said yeah. that name as a trade possibility for the Phillies in their rotation. I, I kind of like that. I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So yeah, I kind of like that. He is a strikeout machine, by the way, Tyler Glass. Now I'm looking last year games of 14, 12, 11, 9. I mean, this guy strikes out a lot of batters. That's the name to keep an eye on. Two one five five nine two. 94-94. We'll come back. We will get back to everyone's phone calls. Do the Phillies need Aaron Nola? 
and we welcome in for the rest of the hour the High Hopes guys, Jack Fritz, James Seltzer. They join us next. Midday show, the Hot Stove Summit on Sports Radio 94 WIP.